0: In terms of women's football, um, growth for us would be visibility, visibility in terms of media, visibility in terms of how many girls are playing. So when we look at those two factors from the time I started playing and getting involved into the national team, so um, a lot, a lot has changed and the sport has grown.
1: To another episode of the sports season podcast where we get to know the sports that you know about and those that you should know about. Once again, my name is Jigo Sison and our guest for today is a former RIFA MVP, WNCAA mythical selection member, Palarong Pambansa MVP, the former captain of the Ateneo women's football team, a former UAAP best striker and member of the Philippine women's national football team. I can keep going Cameron. <laughs> and of course the... Uh, <laughs> Project Management Vice President of the Atenean Environmental Science Society, the CR7 of the Philippines, Camrad. Camrad, thank you so much for, for being here and for guesting.
0: Hi, Jigo. Thank you for grabbing your intro. Mo. And it's been long. Uh, for those who don't know, Jigo and I met through college. We were in the same org. And when I graduated, he went on to be one of the leaders of the org, diba? So Something hype for you. Good job. <laughs>
1: Actually, Yinga, when we first met, like obviously we knew I knew that you're, you know, captain of football team. But when I when now that I inter, uh invited you here, it's the only time I got to do some research and wow, ng resume ng awards. <laughs> okay, so um first of all, you know, I, I just want to ask um start off by asking how you've been, what have you been up to in quarantine um personally and of course with, with um the national team.
0: Yeah, fortunately I've been surviving. <laughs> Like many of us, the best survive, Um and then I've been working throughout, so it's very fortunate that our family business is part of like our the essentials, you'd say, because we're in the supply chain. So throughout the many versions of CQ, our community quarantines in the Philippines, we've been able to operate. So my dad is my boss, so that's inter- that's an interesting dynamic inside the house. Pero, Ah, you know, and we bond over football. So, throughout my career as a football player, she so, um I've been happy now recently because we've started training for the national team. I've sort of pushed our relationship back to the <laughs> to the coach player type instead of the boss and ano, uh, daughter type. Ayan. Interesting, yeah. How about you, Jigo? How are law school?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, law school is not that good, but you know uh, we are where we are. <laughs> okay. Um. So, um, I, I invited you here because you know, of course, I want to talk about you and your whole career, but also I found it interesting. Then, um, you know, I, I'm trying to highlight um, not just underrated sports here, but also underrated aspects of of sports in general. And I wanted to talk about uh, aside from your career, also your, um advocacy um or how you're very vocal about women's sports and of course um your experience not just as a student leader not just as a student athlete but like all three like a student athlete leader or student athlete yeah. okay but of course um Many <laughs> but of course we're gonna start off with um you and your career so i always ask um, my guests or start off by asking you know what made you start um playing football or like when did it all start
0: uh, I started when I was 10 and I started with the main intention of wanting a medal. Like literally. Because my, my brother, my baby brother, five years younger than me, he came home with like a gold medal from football. I was like, where did you get that? I also wanted And So even if I was, I think, getting medals din naman with like taekwondo or swimming, which were my previous sports before football. And there was something different with like the fact that my brother came home with a medal and I told my dad and to his his joy, diba? I said I wanted to start playing football. So like I mentioned kanina ba? My dad's been he also used to be a football player, so to have his firstborn child. <laughs> to play his sport, pargin talik. Gusto niya. But uh I went to sports, gymnastics, ballet, taekwondo, taekwondo swimming. Um and then at ten wala, football na I laced up my my boots when I was in uh, for the Ateneo Frank Summer Clinic, AFC, yes. Ateneo Football Center, in summer, and then ula, rest restos history.
1: So, okay. Um, I've asked this. I, I've had someone else from MC um, as a guest. So, I, I asked them the same question. Na, when Here in Ateneo, for us, it's always Parang everyone knows that everyone wants to play basketball at some point. You know what I mean? Um, so I wanted to know parang in MC, you know, across the bridge, like what was that go-to sport? Was it football or like did everyone parang what was something that everyone had to try or at least tried once?
0: Personally, for me, football tilakaajigas and bias from the start. <laughs> but I think interesting cause um how our system or how our sports system is set up is that uh in grade school, all... Um, students go through like numerous sports. Either, like um, kickball. There's kickball in grade four, or grade five, grade six. Is volleyball and then basketball. So, um, I think in that process, you it allows like the students to understand and yeah. sort of get to know the sport. Compare sa hnde ba or hindi. Um, but yeah, I entered. So from AFC, actually, I transitioned into at grade five, uh, into the football varsity. So. I was actually part of the very first uh, Miriam football varsity at that time. So, uh, that was around 2007. And then, I was with my teammates.
1: Okay, so um, you you, you did mention though that you tried a lot of different sports and activities. What was it about (laughs) football that kind of made it stick um, all these years?
0: It's a team sport, like, <laughs> to have people dying with you, on, no, fighting with you on the pitch, um, I think that's what made me enjoy it all the more. One is, of course, it's fun because at that age, I was pretty good at it. But at the same time, I got to travel with a team, like with a group of girls. You were 10 to 15 girls, no? we would travel to, let's say, Alabang. <laughs> for a North person, it's Alabang. Alabang. Or to, ano ba? Sa Laguna, sa Brent. Yeah. For you to travel with a group of girls. So, it was fun. And, eventually, the traveling became farther, diba, to another continent, uh, with different sets. But the fact that it's with the team, that's the really Okay.
1: Okay, so, can you take us, I guess, um, to what your experience was like, um, grade school, high school? Because, um, and for us, for us guys in Ateneo, it's always like um the rivalry you're always looking for is like Ateneo Lasalle. What was mm-hmm. that equivalent, I guess, for for you um in
0: MC? Poveda, pa- <laughs> <Really? laughs> uh, MC Poveda. When we talk about high school, grade school, high school, either MC Poveda or MC CSA. So you talk about river if tournament. C.S.A. Uh, San Agustin. SAC, okay. So sa Makati sila. Yep. So when you talk about prominent sports programs in Metro Manila, siling out. So kasama yung MC nun. So laging pag-finals yun yung mga magkakatapat.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so tell us about um, what was the what was the competition like? Um, grade school, high school. Was it? Um, parang were you guys always. Winning, like was it easy or you know, what was what is that whole dynamic like?
0: Okay. Um, with all humility, <laughs> I would say that we MC was really one of the standouts, no, um, in football. So whether it was seven aside, nine aside, all the way to eleven aside football. So um, that just pertains to so for those who aren't familiar with football, seven, nine, and eleven is basically how many players yeah. uh plays at a given point in time. So um in those age brackets, MC was sort of the ones that are dominant. Uh, and then, a typical weekend for us as a grade school, high school student would be, we'd have a 11-a-side game or a 9-a-side game per weekend. Actually, yeah, per weekend. And then, you uh, know you know those Sunday, one-day football leagues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Na parang may ganun, so. Um looking back, I'd think na parang, wow, I was playing at least one full day, <laughs> just running football so I was like, wow, ang ko pala. the power of the youth. Talagin, <laughs> so it was busy, really. Um if we weren't playing uh a, a full day tournament like Alaska Cup, we would have siguro back to back eleven side games. So the about that now a war flash pass
1: okay um, so
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, like I, I mentioned earlier that earlier how you were um, part of the mythical selection in WNCA back in high school so I want to know now like is the recruitment of football players um, similar or close to how how intense they report about you know like basketball for example, Na, like, when I, I'm not, I'm not one hundred percent sure of what year that was, but you know, when were you, were you being recruited by a lot of schools, um, coming out of high school?
0: Um, I think how the recruitment process is set up for football players is that the more visible you are to coaches, whether it be high school coaches or more especially collegiate coaches, no, um, the more chances you are to be recruited. So fortunately, I was a school which played a lot of games. And as a football player, that's so important. No? Because The more games you play, the better you become. But at the same time, the more chances uh, for you to be recruited. seen seen, right? So at that time, I was in the ReFa tournament. So that's an inter-school varsity tournament that happens, I think, at least twice a school year and then we were in futsal pa. So futsal is the main tournament for futsal is WNCAA. Um and what also helps was that I was also part of the youth national team back then. So I'd be playing with our youth and eventually the senior team. So I was playing with uh college students, college athletes. Na rin. So my parang dynamic na oy, punta ka dito. oy nakausap oi ka na kausa ganyan. So Aiyoh, fortunate enough, I had my options, and eventually I chose Ateneo.
1: Okay, OPL. so of course I have to ask, you know, um, why Ateneo? Because okay, ke batch, batch ko sila, um, Marty, uh, Mika, Core, and parang it, it's mm. not it's not a secret or it's not it's very obvious that there's a lot of MC players in the Ateneo team. So, you know, what's what's up with that? Like, is it just to say, parang, I mean, katabingan naman. or like, what's the factors? I think, I'm if I'm not mistaken, your coaches also are from Ateneo but um, I guess, first of all, you know, what's the factors that come into that? And personally for you, what was the, what? how did you come to that decision?
0: Okay. Um, when you talk about the team back then, no, it was eventually led by, or coached by our head coach back then in MC. So, the main factor of oytop, yung, yung, yung at the start. So it was attractive to me in that sense. Na hey, I'm going to be um playing with my teammates who are the who who I started playing with in grade school and high school. So in that terms of in terms of like comfort and fun, it was there. Um but of course, when you're on that cross or that cross point, <laughs> that cross point when you choose schools, no, you also think of other factors rather than if you wanna just go there because of your friends. So my main my main reason would be of course my course. So psych, I'm a psych major, and uh, among the universities in the Philippines, no Ateneo is one of the top psych schools. So alongside UP, I think so. That's really where I based my decision from <laughs> but even if I say this a lot of like the people I know would be like ka, from the start Ateneo e. <laughs> yeah I don't know Ateneo was sigur, I was my, the defining factor for me was the defining factors for me were um, of course a football program um, the scholarship that was offered uh, the package um, but at the same time the course and the environment but you know how um, open and green and, and the culture within Ateneo is actually very uh, uh, promotes growth and just playing something bigger than yourself at right? So yung ganong, all of that together equals cam and Ateneo. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um so I know um if I'm not mistaken, before you um started playing for Ateneo, you're already playing for the senior national team, right? Now, I'll get into that later because um, it's something I do want to discuss. So we'll come back to that. Um, okay. Before we get into your college career, um, there's something uh, what I want to ask first is um, in team sports, almost all the time, athletes um, don't pick their number randomly. So mm-hmm. I want to know what's the story behind um, you picking number seven? Because I don't know if Cristiano Ronaldo was already CR7 when <laughs> back then. <laughs> But yeah, what's what's the story behind you and your number?
0: Yeah, so it's our family number, plain and simple. And that's my dad's number. So um, my dad was a big influence in me. So I saw him, even if I wasn't uh, playing football when I was a kid, I'd always be exposed to his games and he'd be repping number seven. So I was like, why not I do too? So that was my first jersey number in grade school. Throughout high school halls, also I was number seven. Um, It was only in, I think, first year college that I did not wear it because of seniority, right? So, my senior was wearing seven. And then I was number three, which is another family number. So, that's my mom's number. Naman. And then I guess it just so happened that uh, my, my initials were also CR. That was seven. <laughs> pa. So, yeah, people called me CR7, but like, oh, I'm shy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, um, going into college, what was the adjustment like? Like, okay, um, I want to ask. Parang from grade school to high school, like, how big of an adjustment? And now from high school to college, like, what is how big of a jump it, it was there, or was it um, seamless? I guess. Uh,
0: definitely, it was a big jump for me. And my first season would attest to that, no. Um, because I did not score any goals. So it was my worst performing uh, season ever in my career. And looking back, I think it was because of uh, uh, really just adjustment to pressure, to the different kinds of pressure, but also to the style of game. Because uh, you're now playing with teams who are, as a team, more advanced in terms of the tactics, their technical skills are more locked in, um, and they're Understanding of that game, when you so the challenge for you as a player going into a college team would be to sort of keep up either either you keep up to it or you give value to your team and uh, contribute in that sense. So, you yung naging adjustment. Ko then I think it was more on the pressures I had to adjust to. Hence, um, my very big, uh, my very defining freshman career in college so I was able to adjust to it eventually after uh, working on skills mainly the shooting skills and then thankfully naman um, come second year third year started scoring more goals and I ended up I ended my career with like uh, an all-time high so from zero in freshman year I ended with I think 13 that was my personal best in goals so yeah it's all about girls
1: Okay, um, so going back a little, was it, um, yeah. So aside from just um skills uh, or you know scoring goals, was the what was the adjustment like going into the team? Because I mean, I would think it's a little easier than most have to go through because a lot of you are from Mzinga. So you know, I'm sure a lot of the older players, um, you you kind of knew already, but it's still a whole nother team. You know, you're still met with not. With um, players that came from other, di- from out of different schools. So, how was that adjustment like? Uh, and, like, um, who was there any specific player that, you know, really helped you integrate into the team?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think, aside from the normal pressures of adjusting to the game, it's more of adjusting to the culture of the team. So, again, you're playing with players from but at the same time, part of being part of being in the team is knowing also how to respect the culture and the sort of demands that they um ask of you when you enter. Lalo na, di ba, pag freshman ka, may mga rookie duties na kailangan ka go in. And when you think of it, face value, it's really just added work. But really, it's more of like a they are physically. <laughs> And, of course, in terms of mindset, adjusting you into how it's supposed to be like in a college team, college culture. Ayun. Um, in terms of ano, naman, um, players who helped me, I think really your batchmates help you. So, shout out Aina Martin. <laughs> she, she's my batchmate in football. Eventually, she became, we became the two captains in our senior year. So, yun, in, in our fourth year, I was team captain with her.
1: Um, there was one year, I, f- I forgot which year it was, but you suffered an injury, right? ACL. Mm-hmm. How? MCL.
0: M- MCL. MCL. Okay. The one.
1: I, is there. Okay. I, <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, so that's, <laughs> that's not um, as bad because I've had. I've turned my ACL. So oh, it's not
0: God as bad. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure
1: so but I'm sure like how many months were you out and how was you know what does that experience like
0: mm-hmm. so I actually um, when you compare about all the lesser evils I am, my injury was like an MCL grade level sprain which is a partial tear, right so uh, I was out for I think three months um, the worst part about that was really getting injured towards the tail end of the season so I think we were in our last three games of the season. And that was my senior year of playing. So I think the most heartbreaking part about suffering that injury was I wasn't able to play my last game with, like, Aina and with my batchmates who were graduating then. So it's more of a an emotional uh, aspect naman for me. But um, thankfully, you know, with the help of our physiotherapist, um, I was able to you know, endure it. And thankfully, no. Uh, it's just to, to that extent,
1: yeah. But okay, so but coming back, was it like you know, was it normal? I mean, with your position as a it forward, it's kind of it's very demanding on you know speed mm-hmm. and your legs in general. So, um, what was that like? Because a lot of people have trouble getting back to the same level that they were.
0: Definitely, um, I think I was fortunate enough. To be a side major, uh, in terms of the mindset, no. So once I got injured, of course, the typical um, emotions or experience you would you would have would be more on the mental side. The physical side you could repair, right? but it's more of the mental aspect of it that you have to actively work on as an athlete going back into competitive level. So knowing that. I had to sort of keep my mind fresh, so I'd always be watching games, football games back then and I would do a lot of visualization about like, what or how I would be once I step into the field again so in, by managing that kind of like by managing my mindset and my emotions uh, the transition was a bit easier. Um, of course, I was frustrated. It was like on the first time I stepped on the pitch pad, patigug magani legs ko nang, magalom ko, like how it would. But uh, yeah, fortunate enough naman apply kaming pagka psychologist. Yeah, fortunate about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, because same naman like well AC ang So it, it was a lot. I think a lot longer. Um. But I guess yeah, uh, at least for
0: sure. Times four. Yeah. three, you. four
1: okay um so now i saw a post um i forgot which site or which page it was from but um you had or i think it might have been your post but you've had a story about um you pointing upwards after every goal for
0: sure right yeah so
1: is it okay if i ask you um you know to share the the behind uh, what's the story behind that
0: yeah i'd love to um, basically, I point up to my to the sky because I'm dedicating my game for my mom. So my mom passed away when I was 12 turning 13. So uh, I was grade 7 then. And throughout the start of my many, actually, my many uh, games as either taekwondo, swimming, football. She was always there, like typical soccer mom. So I knew that even if she was physically gone, like she always have or she'd always be watching me specifically and how I view it that's why I make sure and I point out to this guy is that she now has VIP access to all my games and trainings like so for me to it's really just acknowledging that everything I do and the success that I have it's really because of her guidance okay alright and she, and <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, VIP uh, access. So that's share um, So whenever um I empathize with friends and family who uh, have lost their loved ones, especially those in the football community, um, one of the messages I share with them is and the prayers that I send to my mom, she need to just like Hey, can you can you prepare their seat already and you're in your section your dBp okay. section they're gonna be there soon kasi, so can you help them at least ease them in so yun yung mindset ko lang and feel the, more of the the spiritual side of me as, uh, as a player diba? so i know that i'd always have like someone who would cushion my fall a little bit more or like push me a little bit Farther with every sprint, pag, pagod, na, pagod na. So, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that's really. Uh, I I for me it's really a nice way to look at it. Parang everyone says that you know they're they're another you know, watching over them. this one they're watching <laughs> over my games again and.
0: Yeah. yeah pag may ako mistake, alam kong, uh, <laughs> sorry It's yeah. pa, pa. pa help isa pang, isa pang game It's pang play isa score ko na to
1: okay um uh, so now we'll go a little bit more on the um the non-football side of your college um, experience and this is you know where we met um in aess or basically in Org life yeah. and um so because i wanted i wanted to talk to you about it um na there's always we always talk about student leaders um obviously in, in Ateneo there's a lot um we talk about student athletes and you can see that all in, in any school um, but we don't really talk about, I, I guess, yung parang leader athlete or like yung org active athlete na basically student din. So all three. So parang, ah. i start off by asking, you know, what was that um, dynamic like? Or like, how how were you able to manage the time? I think that's the, the basic question that most people want to know about people who do all of these different things.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, well, I know. joke lang (laughs) um, it's more of again prioritization so there's always a saying uh, amongst the team or maybe student athletes that the reason why it's called student athlete it's because you're a student first before you're an athlete so even with the student leaders it's student first and then leaders so um, I guess that was how I approached my my college life being like having three different worlds, I'd say that with um, sometimes cross, crisscross, and yeah, I wet you in that side of the world, diba? Na, we would um, really try to push our advocacy and really grow it, grow the community. Yeah. Right. Um. So looking back, or for anyone who would want to explore or push or stretch themselves a little bit more, for example, if they want to they're an a they're a student right now and they're looking to go into sports or to go into orgs or to go into all three no um just it has to be clear with you that you are a student first, and then you have to manage your time which hours of the day are you do you transition into an athlete which hours of the day do you transition into an org leader or an org member so I like to believe that I have many lives. (laughs) I think uh, that's one of my philosophies. I really do believe in the power of end. I can be a student and an athlete. I can be a student and an athlete and a leader and a daughter. And a lot of us are like that. So um, seeing yourself as being more than just one person, one life, it should sort of empower you in that sense that you could be more than just, for example, you can be more than just a, a law student, you're also a podcast diba, pioneer for yourself. You're also a leader for your auric. So diba, isn't that so so encouraging to know na hey, I could be more than who I am. Parang sobrang waitlang. <laughs> na na. More, more. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. So um when we talk about um student athletes, they always say na parang um, you know, the discipline in their sports or what or the discipline that they learn from their sport helps them in their studies. Now I want to ask um on the part of being an org um active person or org leader, like what helped you um from being that org leader in your sport and vice versa?
0: It's you guys. Like <laughs> it's really the energy you bring and the type of perspectives you bring. Because I think that's one of the advantages of knowing that you can be more than just one identity one person it's by being these many different uh, individuals in one you get to also meet many different individuals and from there you form parang your understanding of the game it becomes deeper um, and vice versa diba? so in terms of sa org naman, it was more of um, how we what I learned from the org was more of how we saw our team. Like it was small or the community we had, it was small, but we knew na we're able to even if we're few, we could bring that sort of change. So it was I was able to carry that over to my sport na. Um hey, we are at this um levels, right? So at that time we were Trying, third place, trying to push for for finals for the gold. Hey, we are here, and if we do believe, diba, if our values or if we're firm with our values, we could push further. Diba? it was really more of that. So doing more, being more, and ganon ko alit mas enjoy ka. yeah, it was fun for me seeing like having after class, I'd go to the org. <laughs> Tapos org room, Tapos makulit kayo. Tapos, after that pa, I'd go to the gym and is- iba pang classing let. So, yeah. It's knowing that you're not alone as well. Diba? Ang daming, daming tao, like you, who are supportive of what you do and, despite it all, you're pushing for, like, one thing, one advocacy, one goal.
1: Okay, so, I'm sure
0: you're the great Yes, sir.
1: For sure. I mean banan yung energy ng MVP three oh seven.
0: oh. Shout out to <laughs> Nahto. <sa> <doon. laughs>
1: okay, so um now kind of going back to football. Um so I'm gonna go in the middle of advocacy and sports. So basically your sports advocacy. Because uh-huh. um, you were very vocal about um, women's sports, um, about how women's sports needs more support. Um I, I I remember your posting or you were part of um young girls got game, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So um with that, I kinda wanna ask you about the current state of women's sports from your experience, you know, ever since you were a kid to to now, like how far has um the support for women's sports um gone since since you can remember? That, that I will start off with
0: that. Yeah. Okay. Chigaro. I'd like to define what how I could view growth not so in, in terms of women's football um growth for us would be visibility visibility in terms of media visibility in terms of how many girls are playing so when we look at those two factors from the time I started playing and getting involved into the national team so around 2007 to 2012 um a lot a lot has changed and the sport has grown in that sense right uh, and it was very much evident in the Southeast Asian Games last December 2019. It was for the first time ever held here in the Philippines in Laguna. And Guru, that first game of walking out into the pitch and singing the national athlete, is how how games are uh, positioned this. You walk out to the field, you're alongside your your, your opponent, and you face the stadium. And then of course the flag is there. But beyond that is the is the crowd. And it was that moment that I knew like wow, women's football has really grown because the stadium had people in it. And it wasn't just five or ten people or OFWs. Because when we'd go out to the con uh, out of the country, it'd always be like the OFWs or the families mm-hmm. that's there. So 10 to 15, Siguro na yung 15 or, like, the other team watching the game. But when I walked out there, I was singing the national anthem. I saw my flag there, my teammates behind the flag, and, like, at least 500 people on the stadium. That's when I knew, wow, we have really gone so far as a sport, right? So I cried, obviously. (laughs) There are clips showing that I cried. Well, I'm really not crying. (laughs) So while singing the national athlete, it all just settled us, uh, set in or sunk in sa akin na ito na yun, naglalaro ako para sa, uh, sa bayan ko, para sa mga kababayan ko. So, siguro yun yung first to mind go when you asked me that question. Um, In terms of visibility, in terms of girls playing naman, um, one of the indicators there that I was able to sort of uh, which, I can, or which is testament to the growth of the sport, mm. is that there are more women's teams, yeah. right? When we look at seven aside, um, so aside from women's teams, there's also more tournaments that encourages women's teams to play. So back then, when I was playing in high school, the only competitions I'd know would be the official ones, the CAA, WNCAA, um, RIFA, then UAEP. Pero ngayon, parang may, may corporate league cups na, di ba? may weekend club teams cup na. So the sevens, mayroon So it, I think, boils down to that in terms of visibility of the sports, number of girls playing, the opportunities for those girls to play, and how the media is giving attention to all the girls playing and the tournaments they play. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like you were saying, there's a lot of examples that we can cite of how women's sports has grown. Like I like recently, um WNBL, um, the, the women's basketball league, first one here. And we have a lot of women um in different sports succeeding abroad. Um and but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of examples on how far it still has to go. I know, I, I've, I'm i not sure if you were still, I think you were not playing at this point, but I remember someone tweeting or posting about um, UAP at an women's football had a smaller field for some weird reason, that one year, I'm not sure. But yeah. so for for now that you've talked about how far it's gone, um, you know, how far do you think it still has to go and like what can or maybe should be done um, to maybe reach that goal?
0: Right. So when we go back to growth in terms of visibility of uh, um, in media, right? Thank you for citing the example in terms of the UAAP because currently, still, ba, when we talk about cover- media coverage for women's games, for women's sports, the only games covered by the media is the final games. Diba? but ganoon. Pag sa men's Team, pag, pag natin naman yung men's team, all their games are shown. Like if not, if not all, I don't know, 20 games or so, diba? the elimination games are streamed on the TV, but hindi women's then, so I think that's those are the questions that we need to keep asking. ba? why? Why not? Right? Um, and that goes the same for Uh, coverage in terms of international games. So one of the aspects of the Southeast Asian Games, which I really appreciated, was that all our games were streamed on live television. And when we look at coverage for the women's national football team, that was the only time it was streamed in mainstream television. But when we look at the men's team, their regular... Tournament games, it's streamed on national TV. Why can't it be the same for women's sports? So I know there are technicalities in terms of rights, et cetera. But if they're able to do it with another team, I think with uh with a prioritization or if you if we wanted to, it could happen. So um, so definitely that media presence, uh at the same time, how far it can go pa is? the number of girls playing. So I think when you talk about football, women's football here, we still don't have a professional football league, right? And as much as we want there to be one, I think we don't have enough girls playing for that to even happen. When we look at professional women's teams now, I could maybe cite at least three that are sort of, you know that there's an organization to it. There's training. There's quality players playing, but the other teams that would compose of these women's sports, they're all university teams, diba? Like that wouldn't and shouldn't count when we talk about a pro league. So in that aspect, malayu pa ang kailangan ah uh, improve ng women's games. So the next question naturally would be like, how can we get more girls playing? Um, and I think what can be done is to make it diba, as streamlined as possible. Maybe include maybe, I don't know <laughs> um, you could cite more or those watching can, can come up with more solutions, but why not connect with DepEd to streamline mm-hmm. all schools, public, private, to have at least a women's Football team. That's one, Because right? we talk about opportunity, opportunity to play. Not everyone may know about football, but if it's there, if it's part of their environment, but there's an opportunity for girls to try it out. And if, and then with a proper, force system to it, you can get more quality girls playing. And at the, at the end of the day, it would benefit back to. The country because if you have more girls playing, you get more, the competition gets higher, and at the same time, there's more quality players that the national team can pick and select and grow the sport all the more. So, when you talk about that, it seems so big. So, (laughs) I hope we do continue and we keep the conversation uh, going. That's why I appreciate you asking that. Thank you, Figo. Yeah,
1: and I think also. It's kind of like a chicken and egg situation. If you want more girls to play, then you have to show more games. You're not going to get more girls to play unless they actually see more games. Okay. Um,
0: Sorry. To add to that, which I think um, it's possible. It's possible. And I say this because um, a good example here would be the Women's World Cup last 20... 19 or 2018 right? prior to doon talaga nung nag, nung, the World Cup the most recent World Cup we saw really a boom and, or and the proof of concept that it can be marketable it can be it can generate profit so it's more of a choice from the major stakeholders as well to say like hey we're gonna invest in the sport Diba? Kahit Maybe I think that's one of the maybe barriers that or potential barriers to entry <laughs> for for major stakeholders is that they don't they maybe don't aren't convinced that it's going to sell, diba? But so to a solution, there would be why not to just try, diba? Do like a six months thing or a one month thing. Ah, sorry, not one month. That's not enough. So a one-year thing, you execute maybe or you play number of games on the TV and then after this, you identify certain um, parang KPIs, key, uh, key performance indicators not to properly say na, hey, it can generate. Kasi I think that's that's just what we need to do. We need to try. Divine, yeah. pa naman alam tapos. Um, cross out, na siya, which shouldn't be. Ayun. Yeah, so I could go like, on and on and on, that could be another <laughs> episode. But yeah, it's the conversation. Sorry, go ahead. No,
1: no and yeah, I think like, for example, um, it's not. It's definitely not about performance because, I mean, of course, like I'm a big fan of the ASCALs, but they're ranked 125, I think, in FIFA World Rankings, while you guys are ranked 68, or I think you've gone as high as 65. So if we're talking, like they can't you possibly use that excuse to say now okay, they get more attention, but then we're ha- ranked higher. So how is that fair? Like, and the thing is you guys aren't asking where na, we're like, it's just like, why not us?
0: Yeah, why not both? Actually, that's a question. Why not both? Diba? When we look at um sports stores in the Philippines where uh where the, national, the men's national athlete jerseys are being sold, diba? why not also the women's team, right? Or, and it's funny because <laughs> when you talk about the nitty-gritty of it and, um, of course, there's sensitivities to it, but when you talk about jerseys, when you compare the Philippines with the other countries, in the men's and the women's teams... Even jersey kits or sponsorships are from the same sponsor. It's the same. So I think that's the challenge that we can sort of push a little bit farther. Equality in that sense, right? Why not a negotiating point would be, oh, we could get the sponsorship if it's like a package deal. You do both men's and women's. And I think that's possible. It's really just a matter of... Uh, Maybe pushing towards that direction or even believing that that is fair. Because when we, when you, our actions are driven by our beliefs. So when we believe that it is equal for men's, or if we believe that men's and women's football athletes should have equal things or should be treated the same, then we'd we'd start making actions that follow that belief. So so you're for those who, for the people watching, just keep challenging that and know that it starts with the belief of, you no, know, quality. Yeah,
1: and I mean for me, like I bought um, the the last Ascol jersey, and I'm waiting na na for the women's teams to release it, but I can get my hands on a Cam jersey. you know.
0: <laughs> no, okay. Thank uh, you. Daming uh, <laughs> so. I'd have, like, supporters of the team ask where to get the jerseys, and that's how I ask, like, why Why isn't it easily accessible to the community? Because part of growing the sport also is growing the community, right? And um, I think it's a good sign towards the growth of the women's sports that there are people who are willing to spend, right, to have merchandise of a women's team, so these small factors, no matter how small, actually do point towards the direction where we want to go, which is ready to grow, but to make it as streamlined as possible, to make the opportunities um, as available as possible. Abangan,
1: <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay, um, so like I was mentioning earlier, you guys are um, ranked 68th, uh, I think right now 68th in the world. Um, so I, I, now I want to talk about your experience um, with the national team, with the international um, games. And like I mentioned also earlier, you were actually part of the national team. Parang what was that? Right out of high school?
0: Um, I started playing for the youth national team at around 14, so second year high school, um, under the under 19, under 16, and under 19 division. Um, but when I turned 15, 16, I started training already with a senior team.
1: Yeah. So, is it really common, um, like even until now, do you guys have players that are really that young, like straight out of high school?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think we do. So, um, I think that's one of the advantages for, especially for young players who are exposed to such high level competition at such a young age. No. Um, but the challenge still continues um, with figuring out how to transition and seamlessly uh, integrate the young players and the youth national team into the senior national team. Because I think there's a gap in between that. Uh, when you talk about youth national team right now, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, parang under 16 ang youngest, recently lang nagka under 20 girls. So, um, tapos big senior national team now. Na- so uh, I think this is more on the admin sense, how do you how do you solve or how do you properly easily integrate the players together from youth up until maybe college, up until um they're in the senior team? Because I think it's possible with a proper plan and proper uh, goal setting. But now it's more of just like, hey, you're invited to train if you would want to train with us. If you would want to stay with the national team, that's okay too. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so when you first um joined uh right af right after high school, were you autom- were you automatic? Not automatic, but did, like were you already part of the lineup um from the get-go?
0: Yeah, so. Fortunately enough, no. I was playing from the start, um. So one of the things that I was thankful that I'm thankful for is that even if I was training under sixteen, under nineteen, I was already exposed to training with a senior team. Um, and how the how the dynamics of getting into to the team goes is uh you train with them and then at the end of Sigura a certain tryout period, uh my lineup na so you either get caught or you make it into the team. So I think I do remember first two times I trained for the national senior national team, I got caught. Uh, but that's fine. Like at the end of the day, like the day after I got caught, I was still training with the team because um my mentality there was, you know, I need maybe the reason why I got cut is because I need more experience, more training. So why not keep training with the team? So, thankfully, the third time that I tried out with the senior team, I was able to make it to the lineup. And when you make it into the lineup, it's set trip. So, I think my first international tournament with the national team was in Laos, if I'm not mistaken, uh, around 15 or 16. And yeah, I was able to score a goal in my first tournament with the senior team. One of my... Um, Career highlights, ayan. I was the I was one of the youngest in the team. I was able to score versus Malaysia. And then ayan, I knew na I guess my my persistence sort of paid off na. Even if I was just getting caught at the start, but I sort of earned my way there and got to um contribute to the team in that sense.
1: Yep. Okay, um, so we were talking earlier about, you know, the transition from grade school to high school, high school to college. Um, technically, because the transition now is like high school to international also. But, you know, I I, I have to ask about how, how the level of competition is in the international game. Like, because um, aside from, I think one of the biggest factors there is, here in the Philippines, like when you go to high school uh, to college, for example, you're playing against people that you've seen before or that you've played against before. These people, taragang, you've never played a game against them. So it's really, um, I'm sure it's. I don't know how hard it is, but like that's why I want to ask. Na parang, what was that transition or what was that um, adjustment like?
0: Right. Um actually my first international experience was when I was in grade seven. No? That was even before the national team. So my my dad made the decision to make me and represent through Refund. Man. So we went to like uh Denmark Cup, Norway Cup. So it's not national team duties, but it's more of re- representing uh the country in a international tournament in that sense. And at what how old was I 12 at 11 or 12 to be exposed that early to the international stage you know, my first impression was really like wow these girls are big <laughs> yun talaga like uh, we were playing under 14 basically with the people our age and when we'd look at them or when I would look at them I'd be like sure ka same age kami like but i nila so uh, when we talk about that kind of exposure, they are bigger, and naturally, when they're bigger, they're a bit faster and stronger than you. So, um, but the thing about us Filipinos, naman, that I saw was our advantage is that we are pretty quick. So, uh, we won some games there, we lost some games, but really. At the end of the day, it was more of like exposure to the international team. Like, hey, this is in other countries, They're more of the long shot kind of play or they're more of the quick passing kind of teams. So, uh, I guess I didn't understand it as much then. But looking back, I appreciated na at 11-12, I was able to see how it was like there. But you go, it's different when it's a national team. Because um, international team especially like with the Philippines and how our games are set up now, we're basically playing the same teams more or less because the teams that we play against, they have definitive styles of play. So part of your preparation as a team would be to study also how your, how the opponents play and how specific key players in that team play. So in that sense, you also, parang part of your tactical training would be to practice as a team against that kind of opponent. You know.
1: Okay. Um. And I guess then the difference of like now, um, is there's a lot more scouting. I'm sure as compared to grade school, I don't think you'd be scouting <laughs> your opponents that much. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, what what would you say is your most um. Arang memorable international experience or Sheprasami sea games in it. I mean even if it was here you can count that but, even
0: like, one,
1: <laughs> but yeah which one what would you say is your most memorable international experience
0: um it would have to be the twenty eighteen Olympic qualifiers in Tajikistan, so it was memorable in a sense that the place itself right? you're in Tajikistan you're in the place where it's the first time um, you visited it and it was cold we were playing in zero to single-digit weather right so uh, pretty exciting when you think about it <laughs> but um, the downside there was you had to warm up more because it was yeah. physically cold um, but uh, in that tournament because uh, that was the last tournament of 2018 and my journey in 2018 as a football athlete was quite a rocky one so it wasn't my best uh, performing year right and 20 that tournament in Tajikistan around November was the tournament where I sort of bounced back and sort of found my footing again and I remember one specific Game which is the Philippines versus Mongolia game, wherein it was the first time the whole year, and it was in that game where I said, Hello, first 11, na ho, so ko. I need to like show that, diba, that I earned my spot here, right? Because first, that was, that was probably like the third or fourth game of the tournament, na eh. so. Um, in the earlier games of that tournament, I was just coming in as a sub. So, for me to earn a spot in the lineup, then starting lineup, I knew I was doing something right. So, I came into the game knowing that. And what stuck to me there was when on the bus ride going to the stadium, I was just talking to my mom. <laughs> I was like, Ma. <laughs> it's been a long year like can you please help me <laughs> um, you know what all the moments that adopted this um, please be you know the wind behind my wings and just help me perform and I remember praying to her and falling asleep so and then when I woke up I was, I was calm na. <laughs> I was sort of composed and thankfully I played well in that game, and I even scored a goal, ba? And then, it was only after the game that I realized, it was the same week pala of my mom's death anniversary. So, I was like, it was you, mom. <laughs> yeah, okay. so, kaya memorable to me. Eh. So, Jig's very spiritual, meaningful <laughs> person. <talaga. laughs> Athlete, that's Kaya okay, memorable. Yeah. And, so memorable. At the end Sorry. of the tournament, we ended up uh, qualifying into the round two, so it was all the more meaningful.
1: Okay, so I just have to ask. Um, here in the Philippines, obviously, you're gonna go with all. I mean, you're. It's either really, really hot or it's raining, um, especially when you're talking about football. So how, parang, how how do you even prepare for for snow? <laughs> Because I'm sure nobody here has that. I mean, you know what I mean? It's it's not something that you're gonna be able to physically um experience here in the country.
0: Right, right. Um it's interesting because we knew that it was going to be cold. So of course, knowing the weather during those dates is very important. Like, is it gonna snow? Like how cold will it be? Will it be rainy? Diba? So um we are fortunate enough naman that, that team who went to the 2018 Tajikistan tournament already has experience of the Tajikistan weather because they played there i think 2017 eh? so they knew na it was going to be cold so I guess we were we came into that place a little bit more prepared <laughs> we knew we had to have warmers we knew na, okay we'd have to do the warm-up inside versus about the, the warm-up Outside, So, how we set up our preparation physically there was um, before games, all the dynamic stretches, the activation, usually we do it outside on the pitch. Eh? But we wanted to sort of um, regulate or increase our body temperature already. So, we were to warm up. we were to warm up. So, when we warm up, we to pass. And then... <laughs> We had packs on the bench, namang one uh, petroleum jelly. We also have like those things. now when you when you rub or when you break, it would warm your hands. So there are kind of preparation. So it was an experience, super interesting.
1: Yeah. And and the playing though, because um I mean I don't play that much football, but like, ang alam ko is shepern mas masaya or mas masarap maglaro in rain. So mm-hmm, yeah, obviously yeah. you don't want to. So, but when we go to snow or that like, that cold, is it something that's yeah. actually I don't know refreshing?
0: Um, masarap na nasho maglaro pag ma na yung katawan mo at at warm ka natalaga. Cause yung init galing na sa lobe. so yeah. that that cold air on your wind and into your body. Then manasya may enjoy. But the first time you step out of the bus and feel how cold it is, its <laughs> it, dead <na. laughs> Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Um. So, uh, now I wanna ask, or get your thoughts on how not just football teams, uh, not just the, not just the football team, but a lot of the different sports here in the country have very, very young national team members. Um. And especially if if you compare it to the other countries, like let's say the U.S. women's national team, a lot of them are professional. I, all of them are professionals and they've been doing it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like they're 30s or like approaching the 30s. I'm do um, as opposed to here, where you started after high school or a lot of our players in all the different sports are at least fresh from college. Right. And I want to know Panin, your thoughts on like, is that something that you think um, works or is good for us or is it something uh, Is just um, a result of not having a lot of pro leagues in all of these different sports?
0: Yeah, so definitely. I think the younger that you start with a proper program, the better. Um, but if you do not have a proper program in place, then you sort of look at other options, which is what we're doing now. We focus more on uh, university team players. So... At the end of the day, it goes back to, again, number of girls playing and what kind of quality girls are you producing with that certain pool. So and the next challenge for us is to continue ano ba, um, fostering the young talent because um, they really are the next generation. So if any youth national... <laughs> Players watching this, you're next. bahala <laughs> and <laughs> no, but really, um, that's how I view it. You know, the current generation, my generation now, is pushing it to a certain level. Um, but the challenge is, how does the next generation go even beyond? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. So now I just have this quick segment, um, and then we'll end with a few more questions. But uh, I have this segment with all my guests. It's called Change Court, Change Sport um so there's two quick questions okay. um the, the first one is um actually we'll divide so whether it's now in the past or in the future maybe when you retire is there any sport that you've been really interested in or like you've seen around that you've always wanted to try
0: if football wasn't an option
1: yeah or, or like even now for example parang even while you're playing football like Let's say when you retire, you're gonna like. What's a sport that you've always, "Oh, I want to try that."
0: Biking.
1: Biking. Why biking? Yeah,
0: is that or did you want a competitive sport?
1: No, <laughs> Any, okay. it's,
0: it's up to you.
1: But like, why why biking? Like, what what yeah. what is it about biking?
0: Um. Uh, I guess back to the community, diba? you don't bike on your own. And we have known that there's a boom in the biking community Super. throughout the quarantine. Yeah. So parang, that, that struck me as interesting. Like, wow, to have this community. Parang, it makes you want to be part of them also. So And part of it is I like to travel. I, I Most of the biking routes are very scenic, very appreciative of the... Of our natural resources and going or touching the E S side of me, <laughs> What you can see, you're called to protect. So, I guess biking exposes you to that, and yeah, you get also the exercise from it.
1: Yeah, and uh, especially now, last uh-huh. sa pandemic, super super boom. yung um yung biking, and you can see like people that you didn't know were biking. Nangayon like umabot tags
0: yeah. <laughs> I know. I kayang <laughs> that they, they they post like their travel by, travel maps and ang haba ng inikot and it makes you think like wow, it's possible to yeah. to get exercise and to travel in that way. So, galing. Uh-huh. Galing.
1: Okay, uh, the but second question. <laughs> of course, of course. Until
0: my I, I, I found it I found it surprising football.
1: how hard how hard it was for you to imagine <laughs> parang wait, so not football?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. can, can you'd imagine, Jigo, like um, nguground din kasi yung parang tournaments for the older generation here in the Philippines. Like my dad plays for fifty and above, so yeah. sanay women's team na ganon. or um even in Japan when we'd go to a a sports facility, you'd see like 60 year old men playing football so. When we saw, like, me and, my, when me and my teammates saw them, parang sabi namin, hanggang pagtanda, ganyan tayo ah. Like, maglandaro pa rin tayo. So, that's why it was hard for me to, like, imagine myself in a different sport. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, The, the second one is... How about Here you? It...
0: Wait, babalik ko How about you? What, what sport I'm, would you you're wanna... The
1: one, you're the one being interviewed. I'm interviewing.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> I and have I've to put tried... my own podcast so I get interviewed.
1: <laughs> yeah, Seriously. Serious. <laughs> and I'm I told okay. you I'm gonna try all the different sports. Right? So okay, no no like no Noted. <laughs> okay. So the next one is here in the Philippines, um, who would you say is your favorite athlete but from a different sport? So not football. Not football again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I
0: guess Two players which come to mind. So the first would be Hideline Diaz because she really is the face of women's sports right now, Na, she's the one really pushing the limits of how, what a woman, or what a female athlete deserves in terms of financial support, media support, etc. Um the next one would be Jack Aninam So <laughs> I learned more about her by listening to Girls Got Game.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh and I also follow her or we follow each other on Instagram and I knew about her because of the Girls Girls Got Game. Sorry, Go Hard Girls. Go Hard Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Go Hard Girls and to listen to her story. And um Siege, who is the founder of Go Hard Girls, is successful in the main in her main uh goal of of introducing more female athletes by telling their story. And because I heard Jack's story and now she's repping the Philippines and Taiwan, ba? Right? Like that's very admirable and it takes uh, not just passion but really hard work to get to where she is, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, well, for me, like even though one of the reasons that I started this whole thing is parang you know, get to know a lot of the different sports. Especially the ones that don't get much attention. But like, for example, say, there's a lot of athletes, like Hydelin Diaz, who Na parang hindi nga, sya, hindi nga yung weightlifting. But like, she kind of like broke that barrier on her own. That's pretty solid. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, just a few more. Uh, just last. Uh, I think like two more questions. Um, I asked this with I asked this to Harvey, and I I guess I'm gonna ask it to all the football guests that I have. <laughs> Do you have an issue? Oh no, we'll start it with um football or soccer.
0: <laughs> Whatever gets the support, is what we want. <laughs> football. Do you football. okay,
1: because when I asked Harvey, he really parang my violent reaction? Do you have an issue when people call it soccer?
0: No, it's fine. Football, okay. soccer, just support us. <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, so I guess the last question. Um, you know, what's next for for Cameron? What's next for you? Um, what what do you have planned with with the with football for the next couple of years?
0: Yeah, just um, to get a medal for the country. Really, that's it. Um, this year, we're looking at three tournaments. Um, we are waiting to find out if they will push through, but we're currently working for it, um, despite the restrictions. Uh, and then next year we're looking at another two, three more tournaments, and I really will not, I will not retire without winning a medal. So <laughs> if it happens, ideally it happens in the next three years, is what it, <laughs> what it is. <laughs> um, and then uh, in the far future, I'd still be in the women's games, like, yun pren. Till the end, it's gonna be. I'm going to either play for the country or support the team, or maybe contribute to the team in whatever manner. But uh, it'll always be football.
1: <laughs> well, that makes it hard now. So now, if we, if you win a medal, now people don't want you to win a medal because they don't want you to retire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. You'd want more medals. <laughs> Hopefully, we get into the World Cup showing, but let's see. Right? Medal sure, is sure. what we would want. Definitely. Silver. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, that's all I have. Um, once again, that was Miss Cam Rodriguez. Camera, thank you again for guesting today.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jigo. Super had fun.
1: Thanks, everyone. Let us know what you thought about this episode and also let us know who else you'd like to hear from or or what other sports you'd like to be uh, discussed here on the podcast here on the channel. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to hit that like button and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks.